Hi there, and welcome back to another episode. This week, we're sitting down with Magda Kreps, one of my favorite animators who I think is really able to capture the playfulness of the medium, which is constantly shining through in her work. I can't remember the first time I saw Magda's work online, but we finally got to meet in person when I went to London earlier this year, and we planned this interview shortly after, so I can't wait to share it with you all. Without further ado, I'm Lige Morgan, and this is Boiled Over. Hi, Magda. So to get us started here, would you mind introducing yourself and talking a little bit about the work you make? Yeah, of course. Um, thanks for having me. So I'm Magda, and I do 2D hand-drawn frame-by-frame animation. And um, I usually do like a lot of documentaries or explainers, but I also like to do loops and GIFs and short forms. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. Um, so I guess just to get started here, could you talk a little bit about how you first got started in animation? Uh, yeah, so it was a little bit like an accident, actually, <laughs> because I started uh, studying communication design in Hamburg at the University of Applied Science, and I kind of thought I would do more like um, editorial design. <laughs> and then I um, realized that it's actually not really my cup of tea or my medium like I quite I felt a little bit like restricted in a not good way so I just signed up um, for a lot of different courses and one course was introduction in 2d animation um, and yeah then I kind of got exposed to films like Julia Potts belly for example and then mm-hmm. you know I was just like holy like it was completely mind blown at that time that this is even possible. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I want to do it myself. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was just like um, exposed to this kind of um, films that I've, I've never seen something like this before. And I just thought I kind of want to do it myself too. So yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, I forgot, but I remember talking with you when I was in London about how I also started in communication design. Um, yeah, and it's right. like so funny because it seems like we both very quickly realized that that was not <laughs> the path that we wanted to take um, and kind of stumbled into animation by accident. But I think that that kind of happens more frequently than than people think, honestly. Um, it's like such an accidental medium, too, that I think by nature, it only makes sense that people would kind of stumble into it. Definitely. I think it's like, uh, first of all, the medium, like how you can... Um express yourself in animation but I think also I it was like the studio um at my university was like in a half basement you know and then you go downstairs into the animation basement and then there are people who spend days and days and days to create seconds of animation I feel like it was kind of like a cozy environment and I just was like really yeah feeling comfortable yeah you're I feel like you're describing like a like a goblin's cave in the basement here and you're like no it was this cozy little (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah i guess just talking about your animations and your characters specifically they're so emotive and full of life and truly personally some of my favorites out there um i was wondering what your general process is like for bringing these characters to life um like from a sketch to the final animation um coloring them which i know we were talking a little bit about before but yeah what's that like 
Yeah, uh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, for myself, sometimes the um, sketches are better than the final, like polished look, you know, so I try to be more in like, stay yeah, <laughs> like I feel sometimes like this when I polish up certain things over and over again, it kind of becomes stiff. So I feel like for my animation, I kind of like to stay as long as I can in the sketch phase or like try to be as sketchy as possible and um, maybe like straight ahead and some like animate first very roughly and then maybe leave even the outline like it is and just like refine certain things. Um, and sometimes then, yeah, see if I need to clean up afterwards. That's so cool. I love trying to kind of keep the... I don't know, the, the improvisation of the sketchbook within the animation itself, too. I think that's really cool. Um, do you, I mean, I'm assuming you keep sketchbooks then pretty regularly? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. Like, I go through phases. I feel like sometimes on a project, I just always like to have then a little sketchbook next to me and then always scribble down ideas. Mm -hmm. But um, I have to admit, since I have an iPad, I'd really like to go straight into Procreate or um, what's the other program called? I think Animate or something like this, where you can just go straight into sketching and animating at the same time. So yeah, but what I like about the iPad is just that you can literally sit on your couch and just laptop or computer and it's almost like a sketchbook. Yeah, so I was gonna ask, do you, you, you treat the iPad like a sketchbook then? Yeah. Although I think it's not like I try to like get back to paper and get a sketchbook, like a real sketchbook, because I do miss like the feeling of, you know, the pencil on paper is actually like so unique. But yeah, the last, since I've got the iPad, I did a lot of sketching in, on the iPad. Definitely. I guess uh, talking a little bit more about like the, the themes and the motifs in your work, I love your use of smears. Um, and it's like, definitely clear in watching your animations that you have a love for cartoons and like the cartoon body, I guess. Um, but I'm kind of wondering what specifically draws you to animating characters with these kind of like fun and wonky movements rather than getting caught up in making everything kind of like anatomically correct and like having much more precise movements. Yeah, I think it comes because it just takes it's quite hard to animate anatomically correct. I feel like it's just like a lot of work. Like I really admire um, people who work like so precise. Like I really enjoy looking at this work, but I don't really enjoy making making it myself. You know. So I um, I think also since I kind of accepted that I draw quite naively and wonky, I enjoy animating so much more. And like, you know, like even uh, a blob can be so expressive when, you know, it doesn't need to have like a proper nose and um, correct hands. It can be just like, yeah, blobs. <laughs> and I think the, the audience will hopefully still understand what's going on. <laughs> oh, I love that. Cause no, I, I completely relate to that. And I think one of my favorite examples ever is um, there's this scene from an episode of Pokemon and yeah. there's it's officer Jenny um, and she's jumping on her bike and you see her off of the bike for one frame and then 
there's one of the nastiest smears I've ever seen in my entire life for two frames. There's just one big blob of blue and then she's on the bike. And I like when I when I watched that for the first time, you know, as an animator, not as a kid, um, I, I was I was like blown away that that could work um, and that someone could get away with that. And so, yeah, it's like embracing that and and making life kind of as easy as possible for yourself in this incredibly time consuming and difficult medium I think is something that should be celebrated more often than it is yeah definitely I think it's uh, yeah what do you actually enjoy in any mate like in the process and then just leaning into that. um that's the best but also just reminded me this this Instagram account called um one perfect frame I love um, that account yeah them? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a fantastic I mean, it's account. Popular yeah, exactly. And it's just like, oh, wow, it's so fun. All this kind of, um, yeah, the smears or like the, the, the frames that you probably wouldn't even really realize if it wouldn't be still. Totally. And I think that that's kind of where the art of smears lies is like in being these frames that you wouldn't really be able to detect when you're watching it in, you know, in sequence in an animation. Um, but at the same time, as an animator, I love now extending smears so that you really can see them in the animation. Um, and so that they do kind of play a role um, into that. And so I'm wondering, like, do you, do you ever do the same in your work? And like, what kind of role do the smears or do these things play in your work? Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's too, too um, sad not to, make them more prominent so i feel like <laughs> they can be longer like it's the main the main part of the movement actually could be a smear totally in yeah, my opinion no, that's exactly how i feel um well i mean talking about yeah. all of these smears and um just the style of your work i feel like you have a bunch of different looks um and they're all like very inherently magda at their core um and so I'd, I'd love to talk about your grad film a little bit um it's like incredibly meditative it's such a beautiful piece and as a whole kind of feels a little bit different from your other work through style and tone yet again completely magda at its core um and so i'm wondering what your process was like for creating this film and how you think it kind of relates to the other work that you've made since and work that you made leading up to it yeah, um, thanks again. That's very nice of you. Um, when I was like thinking about it, it's basically, um, so I did the grad film right after the f um, first year um, of college where I did my first year film. And uh, my first year film, it's called the, the Things Around Us. And it's like the super personal film about my mother and my relationship with her and her um, things. And I don't know, it was like more like, like I did the film almost like, as a um, as a tool to process this so mm -hmm. it was like quite an intense um, experience just to make this film and then afterwards I had maybe like one or two weeks off and then I had to uh, go straight into the grad film process and I remember I've been just so exhausted <laughs> at this point so um, I was like really um, thinking oh actually I really want a break or like not to do nothing like I don't want to do nothing but I really want to make this last year of studying as pleasant as possible for myself mm -hmm. so um I I was kind of thinking okay how can I make maybe like a more experimental approach where I I don't have any stress to finish on time with a 
narrative film or with a lot of characters or it, it's basically more like using the time as a restriction and I know that by the end of just five or six months I, I will have a film <laughs> and I need to find a process that allows me just to play with it mm -hmm. instead of being like pressured to do something and um, I remember like the beginning I didn't really know exactly what the film will be about but I was thinking about ways how I could come up with ideas and one of the idea was just like sitting and trying not to think of anything and kind of to create like this boring moment or like this idleness and then hope that one idea will pop up and um, at the end it turned out that I um, used this experiments of nothingness to like I documented them and then I used them for the film itself mm. so it was like it, the entire process was like just try to plan as little as possible and just follow the intuition <laughs> and yeah have fun <laughs> animating. It sounds kind of like an improvisational film almost then I guess. Definitely yeah yeah because I didn't know what I will come up with at the end it was a surprise <laughs> it was basically like just my only goal was to show show up every day do something record something or um, animate something and then put it straight into the timeline and see how I feel about it <laughs> so yeah. I'm also curious like having done the film just before working on this one how you feel about creating films and, and creating art kind of as a way to process things and how how that worked for you or didn't yeah it is definitely almost like a way to like I kind of like this um that you can really emerge yourself in a topic or um something that you want to work with and then use animation or the filmmaking process to process it or make and like shape your own opinion or whatever right um but at the same time like the films that I did during um college and university it was like they are all very personal films yeah it's such a difficult process I wanted to say it's almost like giving birth <laughs> but I don't know how to give birth <laughs> but it's like I'm very happy when it's done but there are moments that it's just so hard and you need so much energy to do it right so um yeah I, I love it and at the same time I'm afraid of doing personal films <laughs> totally. And I think that that analogy of giving birth, I mean, I don't and will never know what that's like, but <laughs> but yeah. there there is also like the postpartum of finishing a project for sure. Um, and mm -hmm. just kind of wandering around aimlessly after animating for months on end, feeling like you don't have so much of a purpose anymore, maybe. Um, Definitely, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel also, I mean, um, now... I was working mostly on commissioned work the last year or two years. So I feel like slowly I'm gaining again the energy to do um, maybe a personal film again, like an own project. But it is it is quite a lot of energy like to put that you're putting into it, right? So I, afterwards, I always need vacation. <laughs> a lot of vacation. <laughs> even, even if it's a working vacation you need to time away from a personal project yeah, for sure yeah, yeah. um so i'm curious just because i feel like you work largely digitally now or at least for the most part you know that's what i see you sharing online um i'm curious if you have any plans to return to physical animation at some point if you're not already doing so at the moment um just because i know we did kind of talk about like keeping a physical sketchbook versus the iPad and how you like, you know, yeah. returning to the physical page sometimes. But yeah, I was just wondering if you had any plans to do that with, 
you know, the medium of animation too. Yeah, I actually, um, I, I mean, I do enjoy animating digitally, but I kind of want to, um, like when you color in, like the coloring in process, uh, put it maybe do it more analog. Um, mm. But also because I was thinking, like, first of all, I really like, um, Mm, yeah painting <laughs> mm-hmm. or like using um felt tip markers or, or like everything like this but um also because being in front of a screen all the time it's like such like when i think about it how much i actually look at the screen every day that maybe i want to find ways where i can actually be a little bit more analog from time to time and i think coloring in is maybe the best way for my grad form, I had like a, like I did it um, analog, but sometimes I would scan the work, put it already in a timeline, and then I wanted to react to it basically, but still analog. So what I did is I exported the PNGs and I put them on the iPad. And then I used the iPad as a, um, how do you call it? Like a screen? Like a light like box? A, like a light box yeah but i had the animation underneath and then i could animate on top of it okay you know what I mean? yeah, yeah yeah i've i've <laughs> tried doing that a couple of times with the ipad i have to do like the the screen lock thing so it's not always moving around the page yeah exactly mm-hmm. um but i wait so you did that for your entire film no 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 not for the entire okay. film <laughs> for a certain scene uh, I mean, okay i i, I was i was about to be incredibly shocked um <laughs> That's no, so cool, no, though. Yeah, I think like I just did it for a few scenes, and I'm not even sure if they ended up at the final film at the end. But I thought maybe this could also work for coloring in. Oh, so yeah. so not even not even having the line work on on that separate layer and just doing the color and then compositing that digitally. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. That's so cool! Wow. Oh my gosh, I would love to see that. Yeah, I just did like a very few, like a few seconds. And maybe there are better ways to do that. But I feel like printing is so, I don't know. I find printing sometimes mm, quite expensive, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like when it can be more direct, if maybe this could save a lot of time <laughs> and, and money. Money, yeah. <laughs> um, so... I'm curious, like you've talked a little bit about what programs you work in digitally, um, but if you would mind going over that a little bit and kind of what your compositing process looks like for when you work physically. Yeah, pretty much um, always the same programs. Like I love using Photoshop and TV Paint. And then for compositing Premiere and After Effects. But to be honest, when I scan work, I also um, sometimes put it directly in Photoshop. TV Paint is also good, I think, for bringing in scanned um, frames, but I really enjoy doing everything in Photoshop, to be honest. <laughs> I kind of, I do like most of my compositing in After Effects, but I know a lot of people who do most everything in Photoshop and just love it because it kind of does work for everything. Yeah. So going back to that kind of like cartoony feel of your work, um, I'm definitely curious who or what some of your biggest influences are giving all the amazing styles that you work in. Um, Kind of, as I talked about before, everything that you make feels so alive and yeah, kind of cartoony that, I don't know, it all just gives me like a really big smile. So I'd love to hear what kind of gives you a smile and inspires you in creating this work. Oh yeah, it's quite difficult because I feel like I really just enjoy um, a lot of the um, work that is maybe completely different 
to my work, but it just kind of motivates you to do something. <laughs> so sometimes it's illustration or um, yeah, other kind of films. I just, because um, I remember I had to think about the first film that I watched, I think I mentioned it before, like by Julia Pott. Mm -hmm. um, and the first time I saw it, I was just like, oh my God, I, I, it completely blew my mind. And I was just like, I really wanted to do something similar. Well, not similar, but I just wanted to try myself to animate, basically. Right. Um, I guess, like, um, what really influences me, I don't know, I feel like um, I grew up with a lot of cartoons. I think my dad was always really good in gathering up all the um, films and a lot of Soviet cartoons, actually, like stuff like Nupagadzi or uh, Baba Yaga Protiv is like look it up on youtube it you don't even need i don't even think it has dialogue or not much but it's like um yeah this was what i grew up with um um i actually really enjoy medieval work you know oh, cool. that, yeah when or like uh, folklore mm -hmm. art or like the medieval paintings when you know the cats in the painting that don't even look like a cat, but like really um, naively drawn or painted, right? So I really, like, I think these are characters that are the most fun, actually. <laughs> like, um, I'm thinking about all of those characters that you see, um, and I'm going to do a horrendous job of describing this, but like uh, with all of the like beautiful patterns and, and the calligraphy, and then you'll see a monster that <laughs> looks like a three-year-old drew it but alongside yeah. like the most beautiful penmanship you've ever seen um and yeah but i really think these are the most fun characters like sometimes when um in a museum and you see all like christian paintings it's like oh my gosh these are beautifully hideous <laughs> it's like um catching them or taking pictures of them right um Oh, I love that. I think that's a. I think that's an awesome place to find inspiration, just because it's like where where do those characters, where do those creatures even exist elsewhere other than these like weird ass paintings, right? But I also wonder because um, some of the character or the, the people are drawn so well, and then the dogs are just or the cats <laughs> or whatever it is, it's just like scary. Right. <laughs> and I always. Our, actually there's probably like uh, some information about it but are these like the interns <laughs> that painting that or why why is there not so much care yeah it's, they they do all the humans and then they just hand it off to the intern and say yeah fill fill in the rest of this with some dogs and stuff <laughs> yeah but yeah i kind of like i think this is also like again like the wonkiness of characters that are so beautiful no like yeah but it's also like when um children's like this naivety of uh, drawings right like children drawings are also sometimes the best i think oh completely and i think it's like there's such an art to drawing like a kid but yeah it is like also allowing yourself to let go and not to be so judgmental of your work and you know because i feel like sometimes at least for me I, there was a time when i even tried to avoid characters because i couldn't really make them realistic or whatever because I kind of had the idea that uh, like how a character is supposed to look like right and then actually to allow it to look hideous and then at the end it's not even hideous right so it's like um, uh, yeah I think like trying just to have fun with it basically yeah I mean I think that even goes back to kind of like that first thing we were talking about of encouraging like the for lack of a better word like the sloppiness of the medium of animation um mm -hmm. And, and 
yeah tapping into that style i think is a really great way to do that in the world of animation at least yeah and even like to think about it having something um i don't even want to say sloppy but yeah something <laughs> sloppy. but then animate beautifully frame by frame it's actually also something nice <laughs> like right well i mean like yeah it's it's the added dimension of the texture and the line work and everything moving in between the frames that can make yeah. it so so beautiful when it uh, you know already is so beautiful um yeah yeah i totally agree <laughs> um have you watched um what's the name called my name is zucchini it's like a um is it a stop motion film? oh that sounds so familiar yes 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 of course how is it called my life as a zucchini yeah my life as a zucchini and um there is like a um scene where there are drawings by zucchini <laughs> the boy and um it is so beautifully made and i thought oh my gosh i wish i could get a job where i draw as a kid for films <laughs> you know Definitely. Like illustrations yeah yeah i think that would be so much fun and like there, there's so much of that out there too right where it's like this kind of like i, I don't even want to say like childlike but this like yeah this kind of like childlike almost like crayon kind of drawn feel um in animation yeah. and it's always so much fun and yeah usually so well done too that i'm yeah i'm like where are these jobs who's who's hiring these kids to make this hire me instead <laughs> yeah definitely there's also um it goes back to the medieval inspiration because i found uh, there's like an illustrator uh, called faustine tamash and they're also doing tattoos and what's their what's their name faustine tamash and i love the work it's just like also a little bit wonky but i, I would love like even like a, to have a tattoo like this i think it's pretty cool i'm really admire people who have actually a recognizable style because um I mean, obviously, I don't know. I feel like in one sense, I sometimes think maybe it's easier because with every project, you basically go straight with your style. Like you established already such a strong visual language that you don't have to develop it first. Right. But there were definitely moments when I was thinking, I don't know if you feel similar, but there were moments where I thought I need to find a distinctive style to be successful or whatever it means, right? So it's like... um there were there's a little bit of pressure i feel like also from university i heard a lot like you need to work on your own style for sure i think it's something that people put a lot of focus on and i think it's not always like the most healthy thing um just because yeah i, I was like so intent on finding a style that my thesis film um and i don't think this was a bad thing but my thesis film i created truly as an exploration of style for the sole purpose of trying to find something that I could call my own. Um, and then I was like, oh, wait, I actually just like doing it all. Haha. -ha. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. Like, I watched it also, and I thought, oh my gosh, you dabbed it in so oh, many no. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think in doing that, I, I definitely felt the pressure. But I know I, I totally see and also relate to what you're saying about, I, I don't know if you have a very unique visual style for all of your projects and like everything on your page looks like incredibly cohesive. You probably have to spend a lot less time doing visual development work for all of your projects. Um, if there's like yeah. a color palette you can go to, brushes you can go to, like a character style you can go to. Yeah, and that sounds really nice. Must be great. <laughs> it must be great, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like 
um it's cool that you also feel the same way because it is actually nice to get like a brief or like an idea and then completely try to find an approach that makes sense for the film totally rather than seeing how you could fit into the film with your yeah. style right yeah, yeah so this is also but it is i feel like this is something that takes also a lot of energy to Definitely. develop and also i feel like oh, at least with all my personal film it was like a lot of trying something and then something else and then by accident i find actually the right style <laughs> so it goes like through different variations until i finally settled and yeah it can take some time but it's also exciting <laughs> and i i don't know i think like exactly that like not being locked into a style and getting to choose how you want to work for the project and how it like best serve the project um, and the story of the, you know, whatever you're trying to tell. I, I think for me personally, that's so much more exciting. But again, I, I am so jealous of, of people who do have such a refined style that that's not so much of a, a thought for them. Yeah, same. Um, so we just have like a couple more questions here, um, mm -hmm. and for finishing up, but I was wondering, um, if you have anything that you're working on right now that you're excited about sharing, I know you talked about maybe getting ready to start another personal project potentially, but yeah, just if there's anything on the horizon that you're looking forward to. Yes, but I cannot talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> fair, very know. fair, of course. Sorry, so but, um, I, there are like some projects lined up that i'm really looking forward to cool but because they're so far ahead it's, I, don't, I don't think like yeah it's not ready to talk about it <laughs> but um yeah i can't wait like i actually really enjoy um now um commission working on commissions i think i'm really happy with that but i'm also looking forward to do maybe a little bit personal work when there's time do you think there will be some time like hopefully this year yeah i think so okay cool. <laughs> I hope so yeah <laughs> moving on here do you have a favorite project that you've ever gotten to work on um and if so what made it so great oh. <laughs> um that's a hard one um maybe because i really enjoyed a, um, a lot of the projects so it's kind of hard to say which one was the best but i have to say one film that i still enjoy watching is the very very first animation i ever did <laughs> Yeah, it's a film about, like, it's a one-minute film, one-and-a-half-minute film about um, my father's experience of leaving the Soviet Union and coming to Germany for the first time. And um, I just really loved the process, even though I probably did all the mistakes possible. <laughs> but um, I kind of really enjoyed just, like, the process of, inter like, recording interviews or, like, uh, conversations with my dad and then editing it down and I mean I had hours of footage and just like edited down to one and a half minutes like basically why did I record all of it but um I don't know it's like a nice memory like like a nice documentation and what's the name uh, of the film Papa <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's called Papa uh, and it's also one of the films that I don't mind re-watching without cringing a lot oh I haven't seen this one is it online yeah 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 Okay, I'll go watch after this. Yeah, it's the first animation, so it's like... Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know, I just tried it out, and I think I went like really naively into it, and I think this was the best. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, to wrap up here, if you could give 
a couple words of wisdom to anyone starting out in animation or maybe people looking to stick with the medium if you have um any advice or anything what would that be oh i don't know if i can um give like proper advice but i feel like <laughs> um, just speaking for myself i think um because animation is so broad so there are so many different ways how to approach it and just try to find a way that feels right and that makes it enjoyable <laughs> because it's a lot of hours spent on so um yeah i feel like like i try to remember myself just doing the stuff that i actually enjoy and putting it out there and then hoping that i can continue doing that i think that that's really beautiful and super important on a number of levels just because first of all yeah you want to do the work that you want to do and you want to share it so that you keep getting that kind of work um, yeah yeah but also with a medium as time consuming and as physically draining as animation you have to be smart and you have to be i think responsible about how you delegate your time um and animating in a way that that doesn't bring you pain and it brings you joy instead um i think is is something that a lot of people struggle with but is a really important lesson that i think we can all kind of take away yeah and i think also um when when we put work out that we really enjoyed working on um then actually people will come to you and be like hey i saw this can can you i can imagine this um for my project or whatever and then um, you can actually continue working the way you enjoy working i mean basically i said what you said right. too but um, i feel like yeah i feel like this is may maybe like trying not to be so um precious about your work and just share it so people can see what you do <laughs> and i think this is what what i try to remember for myself as well yeah just just sharing what you're doing sharing work in progress sharing like skills things that you learn along the way like I, i don't know the animation community is so awesome and and i think like instagram is definitely a trap that we kind of all fall into but it is also a really beautiful community and getting to share all of that kind of stuff and share the work that makes you excited which will in turn you know obviously make other people excited it is a really rewarding part of that experience i think Magda, it's been so lovely getting to chat with you today. Thanks again for taking the time. I'll follow up after our call, but take care. Thanks so much. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Sorry for popping in your feeds a week late with this one, but life managed to get in the way as it sometimes does. That being said, I couldn't be more excited to share my next interview with Eleanor Kopka. We talk about everything from her characters to boils, palette choice and inspiration. So be sure to tune in next time on Boiled Over. Mm -hmm.